the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Times of trouble, times of trial. It's always good to have someone to go through it all with. And as Christians, we do, as we'll see next, right here on Truth For Today. Join us. Going through trials and struggles is always tough, especially if you have to go it alone, which is why going through a rough patch with somebody else is always comforting. And that is what we learned today on Truth For Today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Welcome to the program. Today, we turn our attention to 1 Peter. We're in chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 today, a message simply called, You Need a Shepherd for Troubled Times. The comfort our Good Shepherd provides during those times is up next. Here's Pastor Phil now with all the details. You need shepherds for troublesome times. You need shepherds for troublesome times. And he's going to give us in the first four verses four things about these shepherds. Their duties to their motive, why they should do it. Three, how they should do it, the manner in which they shepherd and finally what their reward will be but before we do that let's take this shepherd language uh, that's in the Bible and uh, look at Ezekiel if you will Ezekiel 34 when God describes the bad shepherds of Israel bad shepherds He called the leaders of Israel shepherds. uh, Or he called them elders. And that's used interchangeably. First Peter, I'm an elder. I'm telling you to shepherd or pastor God's people. But listen to God's description through Ezekiel of the kind of shepherds that were over Israel. Look at chapter 34. Listen to what he says. This is what the sovereign Lord says. End of verse 2. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals. But you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick, bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched... uh, brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. It goes down in verse 7 that the Lord himself is going to become their shepherd. And he says in verse 10, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I am against the shepherds. And will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock. 
so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. Listen to verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. Look at verse 15. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Verse 20. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with horns until you have driven them away. And then God says, I'm going to bring David back to the millennial kingdom. I'm going to bring a true shepherd to Israel. It's full of corrupt men. And this is what had happened in the time of Christ. David wrote when he was being pursued, most likely, by Absalom and fled for his life from the city of Jerusalem down by the Jordan. And his boy is pursuing him to kill him. He said something. Yahweh, my shepherd, I will lack for nothing that a sheep needs. A sheep needs pasture. A sheep needs protection. A sheep needs guidance. A sheep needs to have someone that will go in the shadows. And he's describing all the sheep needs. He's seeing God through a sheep's eyes. Because he's taking care of sheep. Sheep are a difficult animal. God was not complimenting you when he called you a sheep. We're stubborn. We're nearsighted. We're prone to stray. Uh, And when he talks about the budding sheep, that is what we would call bullying. That the stronger the ewe was, they would butt. And they would butt against lambs, often killing them. They would butt against the lamb's mother. And what were they butting about? Hierarchy, position, power in the flock. To make sheep lie down in green pastures, Philip Keller says in his book on 23rd Psalm, they needed the assurance of four things. Number one, that there was no predator in the field. As long as they thought there was a predatorial threat, they could not lie down. Two, they could not lie down when there was friction in the flock, headbutting, these dominant ewes. I'm going to push my agenda. I'm going to dominate. Push, push, push. And so that would be peace among the flock. Three, they could not lay down if parasites were unattended. It would infect their eyes, give them worms. Uh, ticks would get into their wool. They, they were so miserable. They, they were like a dog scratching for fleas all the time. They'd be standing. Stand. They could not lie down. And then they could not lie down if they were searching for food. But David said, my shepherd makes me lie down. 
He handles my enemies. He kills the things that would kill my soul. He is my protector. And guess what? He provides everything I need to be nourished to serve him. You see, with Yahweh is the shepherd. You've, you've got to, first of all, Peter's going to talk about human elders and shepherds. And we try to match this shepherd. But believe me, we all fall short. But you've got a shepherd, whether you've got anyone around here that shepherds you. But we're told to shepherd you. Now go to John 10. John 10. Listen to what Jesus did. He gave an address to the Pharisees who were crooks. And the Sadducees were nothing but religious, uh, crooked, greedy men. They, They did not love the people. They loved money. And they were politically in line with Rome. Pay off, pay off. It was a wealthy position to be a rabbi at that time. They were a corrupt bunch. And Jesus said, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate or the door, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them. He said, a stranger they will not follow. He says in 7, I am the gate for the sheep. That phrase always bothered me. Uh, But Palestinian shepherds, at night, they would lay down at the entrance to the sheepfold. And so anything in it had to jump over the shepherd. And anything that wanted to get in had to go through him. He said, I am the door. I'm the one you've got to go through. Then he said, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Wait. Psalm said, Yahweh's my shepherd. He said, I'm the Yahweh of Psalms 23. He finally showed up. God said he's going to get himself another shepherd for his people. Jesus said, I just want you to know I'm the shepherd. I've shown up. I am Yahweh's shepherd. Watch this. I am the good shepherd in contrast to the bad ones. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Wow. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming... He abandons the sheep and runs away. You see, the shepherd bought all of his ewes. He bought the flock to start with. He hopes it multiplies, but he's bought it. He's put out the money to purchase the flock. Jesus is saying, guess what? I bought this flock. I only call you a sheep if you know I've purchased you. I own you. And I'm not going to abandon my investment. You're part of my investment at the cross. Sheep. I will lay down my life for the... This is not like your 8 to 5 job, is it? I don't think you'd lay down your life. You're trying to get out of the place. Hope you live long enough to retire. He said, you don't retire from this. You die for it. The hired hand is not the shepherd. He has no investment. All he wants to do is save his neck if there's danger. That's why they run. Goes on verse 14. I am the good shepherd. Verse 17. 
the Father loves me because I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Nobody takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus did not experience cosmic rape is a term used in theology today that God just grabbed his son going to put him on a cross said no 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 from before the foundation of the world Revelation 13 8 I consented to be the lamb and on the cross don't think that I cannot get away from you Pilate I can call 12 legions of angels to rescue me I lay down my life now, when you've got bad shepherds, yes, the good shepherd, and now God takes a fisherman and turns him into a shepherd. Now, let me tell you the difference between a fisherman and a shepherd. Just what scant knowledge. I'm. Fishermen, the last I checked, do not raise what they plan to catch. <laughs> That's profound. You guys didn't even get it. I mean, all they want is, do I have a good hook? Do I have something good to catch it? I need a sharp knife to skin it. And I want it in a skillet tonight. That is how much they're in love with fishing. Now, if you're a great game fisherman, go up to Alaska, go down the river, and they throw them back as quick as they catch them. But it's the sport. You don't raise fish. And God tells the fishermen, if you love me, Peter, I'm going to get you out of the fishing business and teach you to take care of sheep. And boy, this is going to be a different vocational bent. I want to teach you how to rescue sheep. And so he starts telling us in First Peter, you elders, you mature men who are helping to lead the church, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Shepherd a flock of people. What does that mean? Feed them, lead them, try to protect them. Uh, Pour oil into their wounds and their sores. Uh, this is a thing no seminary can produce. You can't make me love you. You can't make me love you. You can't make me stay. You've never made me stay. I met with John Piper at First Press in Mona Creek. He's out here doing a series of lectures. It was when Rich Rollins was still here and we went over to hear him. And we got with him after his presentation and uh, uh, he, he had a prophetic moment. That was amazing to me. We're talking a little bit and how's your ministry, how's church and, you know, pastor talk. And then all of a sudden he simply said, he said, you're a lifer, aren't you? I said, and please, what is that? Life term in prison? There's lifers there too. No, no, he said, you plan to stay at your church till you die. Well, I said, I don't know where your prophetic gift figured that out. Uh, I don't know. I said, I'm here now. Uh, 
I mean, you're prophesying. Well, I have to say this. I'm still here because he gave me the place to come and die. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Jesus bids a man come, he bids him to come and die. I've not looked for a bigger church, a better church, nicer people, more pay, more this, more that, more that. Because you see, I'm not a professional. I want to be a shepherd, and shepherds die. They die. How do you get a professional burden for people? How do you professionally weep over the strain? How do you professionally uh, care if a man goes to hell or not? We are not professionals. We are men and women set apart by the grace of God to love people on their way to hell. And to rescue them and to love them. Now, shepherd my people. Try to lead them. Try to feed them. And teach them the word. Teach them what the great shepherd has to say. What he wants his people to know. So that's our duties. Is to. uh, Are you feeding my people? Are you caring for them? Uh, Exercise oversight. I don't care what it is. We're crying for leadership. We're crying for somebody to have enough chutzpah. They'll take the responsibility for what we're doing. Everybody wants it to happen. Not many want to take responsibility. That's called leadership. It doesn't mean cooties and you get an encouragement card every week. It means you make hard decisions. Hard decisions. Can we keep the gospel forefront or will we gripe ourselves to death? I mean, when I give it church people, they're not all quoting verses. They could be whining about this, complaining. Is the gospel the main thing in this church? Only you know. Is Jesus the main thing? Now, now be honest with yourself now. Well, I didn't like the music. Well, we didn't ask you. How can we? Some of you like country. Some like blues. Some like classical. How can we have the right menu for you every week? Well, I'm Gaither fan. Well, good. I grew up on it. But Gaither isn't selling big in California. You got to go to Arkansas and you got to go to South Carolina where they still sing Gaither. You know, it, am I going to fight with you about it? Am I going to fight over this low down politics? Trump's the guy? I've never seen so many Christians become political experts and they're clueless. Let's quit talking about it in the church, would you? Shut up about it in the church. And, and don't be talking to me about race. Please. There's only one race. And if the potter picks your pigmentation, we better love them as made in the image of God. I didn't pick my color. You didn't pick yours. But I'm not going to devalue you because of your color. Did you hear me? Don't be talking. What the world is going through on racism and skinheads killing blacks and burning black church. Friend, we hate it. We hate it because that's a hate of humanity. If you don't even need to be a Christian to love people and give them value. Jesus said, when I go to the cross, I will purchase people from every kindred, every tribe, and every tongue. Don't you divide it up or you're in sin. Racism is sin. It's a sin. There's no negotiations with it. But we're in God's church We've been made one people in Christ. So now I said, shepherd my people. 
give oversight and leadership that will benefit them. Two, what's the motive for doing it? Why? Are you in a racket? Oh, I hear you're a pastor. What's your racket? A guy asked me that one time. He said, What's your, he said, you act like a used car salesman. What bothered me is Frank Griffith was in the church and was, and he just walked away. And I just wanted to smack him. Because he calls the preacher the used, my buddy here is a used car dealer. He, he must have thought I had some racket going. Who wants to take care of God's people? Most of you don't. Most men don't. They want to make money. They want to be liked. They don't like conflict. And you can't lead people without conflict. Are you here? I know you don't have goosebumps, but I'm going to preach the text eventually. You do it. What did he say? You do it not because you must. Oh, isn't how, how much do you pay? You can't buy a man. You can't pay him enough to give him a burden. You can't pay him enough to want to lay down his life for a flock. That's what's happened. We're changing pastors so quick in America. Every two years is the average. That they're all trying to get employment. They forgot about ever staying long enough to be able to love. Because congregations are mean if they're not led by the Spirit. And so are preachers crooked if they're not motivated right. It's a dangerous place if God's not in charge. They'll soon be a gangster as a crooked preacher. Had a man one time accuse me of stealing. Thank God my brother David knew the story. $150 worth. Had to go before the board and defend myself. And I was really getting mad at the idea that I had to go defend myself. And the Lord spoke to me several words. Said, Don't get too haughty. You used to be a thief. <laughs> uh, okay. Stole my ball gloves. Stole a lot of stuff. I learned it from Dave. And, uh, and then... Uh, so, when I go in there, and he lays out this scenario, I finally told the man, I said, Men, if I want to give up my integrity and give up this church, I want to go for some big money. $150 not worth spitting at. Let, let's really rob something big. The man repented and was Whatever. Where did I get on that point? Uh, <laughs> motives. Being willing. Oh, I know. He's not in it for base or sinful gain. Money is not the driving force. And he will not compromise for money. It's a great, pre- pr- great pressure. Uh, if you grew up in the circles I grew up in, where men were... In poor churches, small churches, poor pay. Her uncle started pastoring his church $5,000 a year. Her father resented me for at least 45 years. Because he said, I grew up in a poor preacher's home. I didn't want my daughter to marry a poor, low-down preacher. I want somebody to take care of her. But just before he died, he said he liked me. So that was a bonus. Right? I'm not making this stuff up. She's here. Uh, What manner of ministry should 
elder shepherds manifest, not lording it over the flock. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body, and we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.